Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr. and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron and you get this whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. All right, my friends, I am super excited today. I am here with one of my favorite people in the entire world. She is a singer. She's a songwriter. Um, she is a businesswoman. Uh, she's a business owner. Uh, she keeps things 100, 100% of the time. I am super thrilled to welcome to the show today. My friend, Sydney is here. Hello. Woo! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yes, it's your girl, Sydney A here. And thank you so much, my friend, for having me on the show. I'm super, super stoked to be here. This has been, this has been one of those episodes that's been in the making for quite some time, but we finally got an opportunity to sit down and chat, and I'm super stoked about it. How's your night going? <laughs> it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, so let's tell everybody about um, South Isle Media. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you so much for, you know, reaching out and wanting to learn more about what we're doing. Um, so South Isle Media, in, in a nutshell, is a it's a digital media platform, a digital media space for artists, um, you know, for up and coming independent artists. You know, we're looking to launch um, you know, different projects that are centered around Black art and up and coming, you know, Black artists, including myself. So this will actually be um, where I house majority of my media. So I will be launching through South Isle and then I will be sending out um, the, you know, the content to, you know, other platforms, other media groups. But this is basically, you know, the beginning, you know, the, the, the foundation uh, for up and coming artists who, you know, need some additional, um, you know, visibility or help. Um, and the focus is to elevate black uh, voices, uh, so to speak. So we're um, right now we're in the process of launching the YouTube channel um, in which I will be basically talking about what it takes to become an artist. You know, I will be giving the raw, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> uh, the, the real deal. Um, you know, as it pertains to, you know, what it, what you need to do, you know, uh, breaking down some of, uh, some tools and some tips and some tricks to break into this industry. And, you know, hopefully, uh, the goal of, of, of the YouTube channel is to have an audience of folks who, you know, may need artist development, um, who may not have access to artist development. And we will be, you know, we'll be exploring like the history of, you know, black music in this, you know, in the United States and across the world. And, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll be documenting different, you know, parts of, you know, uh, black music history. And we will be launching, you know, other content that we will be, you know, uh, 
you know, collabing, you know, with, you know, other entertainers. It's not just going to be about music. We will be bringing in, you know, folks from across the entertainment spectrum um, that are associated with, you know, black music in some kind of way, shape or form. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a, um, it's, it's, designed to be a music collective for, you know, for black artists and black voices, but, you know, we're welcome. We're going to be welcoming, you know, everyone um, who is involved with black music. That's, that's pretty much it. Right on. Um, <laughs> and then you also have um, Amina fit. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. everybody about that one too. Yeah. So uh, Amina Fitness is my personal health and wellness brand. No, I'm not a, <laughs> I am not an anti-vaxxer. Um, I do believe we, we will be leading with science over here with Amina Fitness. That, that is for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, I started a health and wellness uh, brand last summer um, to focus on, you know, mental wellness during, you know, this unprecedented, you know, pandemic that we found ourselves in. I found myself you know, transitioning out of work and not, you know, and not having, you know, access to, you know, music studios and venues and, you know, all of these different things that, you know, kind of threw me for a loop. And, you know, it, it took me, you know, by surprise at how much it impacted my personal, um, my personal mental health. And what I found was, was that, you know, during the, you know, the, the lockdowns and the time that we had to be away from everything, what I found peace, where I found peace at, I should say, uh, was in fitness. Um, I started walking. I started, you know, you know, uh, lifting weights, and you know, uh, I focused, you know, on, you know, just like, uh, you know, healthy foods, and you know, all of these things that I I knew would work to keep me balanced. And what I wanted to do with that was to share, you know, my experience with you know, others who might be also experiencing, you know, some hardship mentally, you know, from, you know, just all of the changes that we've gone through with this pandemic. I'm, you know, I'm in a much better space this year. <laughs> I think all of us are, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I've since been vaccinated. I got uh, vaccinated in May um, after, you know, after listening to, you know, uh, the scientists behind it, you know, there, you know, there were black scientists that I spoke with and, you know, we, we had a lot of conversations and, you know, after talking to, you know, some health professionals in my family, as well as my doctor, you know, I made the decision that, that, that the vaccine was, you know, was important and it was, you know, an urgent matter for me. And so, you know, I made that, you know, the first, one of the first, um, uh, things that I did when I relocated to Georgia. So that was, um, and that, and that is a, you know, a big part of, you know, Amina Fitness's um, platform as well as just, you know, health and wellness for everyone. You know, the, uh, the mission is to, you know, is for, is for folks to find their inner warrior. You know, Amina Fitness was named after, you know, a Nigerian warrior uh, queen. And, um, you know, so I found a lot of, I, I related a lot to, you know, that particular uh, part of, you know, history, Black history, African history. Um, you know, I felt that, you know, we were going through a time where we all needed to kind of, you know, fight for, you know, for our lives, you know, for everyone's life, you know, and, you know, we all have to do our part to make sure that, you know, we are, uh, you know, fighting this battle against this virus. And, so I wanted to make sure 
that I was doing my part to add, you know, to, you know, the, the effort and not detract from it. And so that is how Amina Fitness got started. And, you know, we will be, we will be expanding that platform as well in 2022. Um, I do have some plans to reach out to, you know, folks who are, you know, in the mental health space uh, to bring them onto the platform and uh, and yeah, we should be we should be launching some merch very soon. Keep our fingers crossed on that one. But uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. I'm really excited for you for all of the business ventures that yes. you've got on the stove right now. Um, I Thank know. You. <laughs> I know it's not not only me. There are there are several people in our Twitter circle um, who mm-hmm. are patiently awaiting the Sydney A album. Oh man. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, it is um so we are in the process right now um of writing the extended play. Uh that is underway. So the extended play will be about 5 to 7 songs um that we will be releasing that will be a prelude to the debut album. Um right now, you know, there's just a lot of things up in the air that I can't really discuss because I don't want to jinx everything. Um, just because we don't really know what the direction will be, but there is new music on the horizon coming from Sydney, y'all. Fantastic. <laughs> we are we are in mode. We are here in Atlanta. We're based out of Atlanta now, um, and so you know I will be traveling back and forth to Chicago to record there, and we're getting things done, um, and um, and we're hoping we're hoping to have something released by February of 2022, if not sooner, uh, but definitely then. Um, we're, you know, even if it's sooner, we will definitely be doing something, um, around the birthday. Um, I plan to be in a couple of cities in February, maybe just, you know, one or two, but, uh, we do plan to do something kind of large for, you know, for my birthday. This is a big year for me. I will be revealing all of that, all of those details, uh, as, uh, as we get closer to the time and I start getting things underway, but, uh, but yeah, so everybody should be on the lookout for that. Um, and uh, and yeah, if we can if we can party safely, I would love to have as many people uh, come and celebrate with me as possible next year. I'm trying to do like a mini a mini tour, if you will. Right. <laughs> and I want to meet as many people as possible. Um, I want to share this moment with everybody. This is a huge huge moment for me um, to be you know to be able to do this finally. Um, and to be in the space that I'm in now musically, it's, it's just a, it, it's truly a blessing. And, uh, and yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. You guys are going to love it. <laughs> so while we're, while we're on the subject of, um, music, uh, mm-hmm. who is for you, if you, who's your dream collaboration? Like, oh my goodness. I would have to say right now it would be Missy Elliott. And I just spoke to her the other day. I, I was going to say, um, I saw that tweet. <laughs> yeah, man. Missy and I have been in communication now for about 10 years. Um, and, uh, you know, I reached out to her 10 years ago and we jammed about some of the ideas that I had about this project, in, you know, in 2012. And uh, and she was all down for it. She was super, you know, she was, she's been one of the most encouraging folks that I've met in the industry. Um, you know, she has been involved with my brand now for years and years, um, you know, and she has really been, you know, she's been one of the only folks in the music industry that has kind of just really stuck by my side. And I'm just so elated to finally be in a position to say that 
within the next, you know, year or two, you know, a collaboration with her is, you know, is definitely something that is possible. It's feasible. Um, it's something that I can see, you know, and, uh, you know, we both live in the same city now. So, you know, there are just a lot of, um, there's just a lot of opportunity for, for us to do something great. Um, and, you know, I would love to, I would love to collaborate with, uh, folks on the West coast. Um, you know, I would love to, you know, collaborate with, you know, Drake if possible. Drake is, you know, one of my favorite rappers right now. I love, you know, everything that he's done throughout his career. You know, I, he is super, super, he's a super fave of mine. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, Missy Elliott would definitely be top of mind. If I, if I thought about somebody that I would dedicate a lot of my budget to, it would definitely be her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so recently, um, Beyonce and Jay-Z appeared in an ad for uh, Tiffany Jewelry Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say that, like, just now white people are policing their wealth because this, is, this has been a, a thing for a while with uh, the Knowles-Carter family. Um, but... Why do you think there is such an issue among the whites to police how much famous black people make and how they spend their money? Yeah, you know what? That is a very good question. And I will try to keep this as philosophical as possible so that, you know, we don't we don't get into the realm of, you know, pointing fingers at, you know, individuals, but rather looking at systems. Um, I think that we're entering a time of hypervisibility for, you know, Black folks in a way that we're not necessarily used to seeing, particularly in Western media, you know, where, you know, you have Black people who, you know, have full control of you know their image and what they can provide and how much they're making and ownership of you know their their own platforms and things of that nature and i think a lot of that just you know it's just folks are just not used to seeing that they're not used to seeing you know these they're not used to having these diverse spaces you know this is some of the you know we're we're coming in a time now where you know black people being wealthy in the media is a norm. You know, it's not the exception. You know, it is, you know, we're normalizing it and we're normalizing, you know, Black folks being successful. You know, we're normalizing Black folks being in the White House, um, you know, in, you know, the, you know, the executive chair. We normalized, you know, Black vice presidentships and presidentships and, you know, things of that nature. So I think that, you know, when, when we look at, black celebrities, you know, or just black celebrity culture, you know, it's just, it's just that I believe that there is a level of discomfort with folks who, you know, are not used to change. They're not used to, you know, diversity. They are used to things being the way that they were They're They were promised a, a future that does not exist anymore. <laughs> right. You know, they were promised access to, you know, a quote unquote utopia that never existed. It never existed. They were lied to and they're, they're upset about it. They're upset, you know? Um, 
And that's pretty much my thought on it. Um, I know that other folks may have other, you know, views, but I do think that, like I said, I think it's just, you know, as, as the years go by and we normalize, you know, seeing black folks in this space or in these spaces as, you know, you know, as dominating forces, you know, I think that, you know, hopefully things will evolve. Um, and I'm pretty hopeful for the future. I love it. Right on. Keep it going. Yes. <laughs> Um, so there's the VMAs were last mm -hmm. night. Um, did you watch at all? I have seen clips. I did not get a chance to check out the entire show, but I did see a few clips of some performances. Um, and, uh, I did, I definitely shared my thoughts today on Twitter, <laughs> uh, because I, <laughs> I caught a glimpse of the commentary, not necessarily the performances, but, um, you know, a couple of my favorite acts of last night were uh, obviously Chloe Bailey. I love, love everything oh, that love her, her and so her sister much. are doing right now. Um, I thought she did phenomenal, you know, for her to, you know, come out as a solo artist right now, you know, and, you know, while Hallie is, you know, doing her thing in, in the film scene, um, and, you know, she's still going strong, you know, and, uh, you know, holding it down for her sister while, you know, her sister explores, you know, other avenues of creativity. I love that. I love how supportive they have been to each other uh, throughout each of their different journeys and their different paths. And I'm just so excited to see what they do in the future. Uh, you know, they're both Atlanta natives. So, you know, shout out yes. to ATL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my now my new second home. Um, and, uh, and of course I love Lil Nas X. I love everything about what he has going on. I may not know a lyric to any of his new records, but I just love to see him. I, I just, he just needs to be here. He just needs to exist and take up as much space as possible as humanly possible. Like I just, I want him to just be as just bigger than life. You, you just go for it. And, and I love it. Well, um, and I love that, like, he he's not taking mm -hmm. any of this too seriously. Like, you can no. tell he's having so much fun with it. And that is, that's what I truly what makes him iconic. You know, he is, you know, people talk about, oh, well, you know, we're not making stars anymore. But <laughs> if I would pick out anyone and say that they were, you know, ready to be a superstar, it would be him. He yeah. is, he has all of the makings of someone who is ready for that platform. You know, he just takes everything in. He doesn't take it too seriously. You know, he doesn't consume it, at least from what we can see. Now he might, there might be some things going on personally that he's not letting us, you know, that he's not letting the, 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 um, you know, the media and audiences privy to, but from what we can see, he has kept it completely together. Um, and he is, he is going to go some places. I, I am really, really excited to see what this new generation is doing. Like I love, I love, love, love what Normani did with her, with her performance. I just thought that she was just super phenomenal. And of course my fave Doja did her absolute thing, you know, as the host. And, you know, that is, it's, it's been a long time since we've seen that much black talent on an MTV stage. So yes. for me, I was just elated. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, you know, I planned, I'm probably going to just check it out on on demand um, whenever I get some, whenever I get some free time. Uh, but I am, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is, is that BET takes this momentum from MTV and they start inviting some of these, you know, these black pop stars because we've got a lot of them. 
And, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be a force in a few years. I'd give them, give them a few years. And I think that, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have a new black music renaissance and it's going to be great. This new era is going to, they, there's something else, man. They are fire. I love it. And then switching gears from last night was the VMAs. And then tonight is the Met Gala. The um, Met. Yes. I will not lie. It is probably one of the like two or three like big celebrity events that I yeah. actually want to go to. Oh, for sure. Oh, like, oh my gosh. I would love, I can't wait until I'm big enough to be invited to the Met. Who doesn't want to go to the Met? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I wish I was in New York right now. Like, oh my God, I wish I was in the area. Like yeah. I wish I was, I was, I really do. I wish that, you know, I could indulge with everyone that is there. Like it is just, it is, this is like the best time of year, you know, for, you know, for the art and fashion world. And the Met is always a sight to see, my friend. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, now, while while we're while we're talking about the Met Gala, um, we have to mention that um, not actually just in the past couple hours, um, <laughs> Nicki Minaj got on Twitter and oh, said boy. that um, she was not getting. She has not been vaccinated because she doesn't mm -hmm. believe that it works. Um, do you think that's irresponsible on her part, given her platform? Um, yes, absolutely. And uh, I don't care who chewed out. Um, we have lost so many folks to this, to this virus that should still be here. Um, you know, I... I had a family engagement over the summer in which, you know, five of my closest family members were infected with the Delta variant. They were all fully vaccinated. One of my, you know, one of my closest family members, my stepmother, ended up in the hospital for 11 days. She almost did not make it fully vaccinated because she has an autoimmune disease. And so when you think about that, you know, th this vaccine isn't just about us you know, as individuals, it's about the greater good. And, you know, when you just show so much disregard with your, with the platform that you have for that greater good, and you see how much damage that could do to not just random strangers, but your own fan base. You know, I mean, it's, it's absolutely just irrevocably irresponsible, you know, and I hope that what I do hope is, is that she does connect with black doctors and black scientists, folks that she trusts to get the, you know, the information that she, that she is searching for and seeking. And uh, I hope that, you know, with their recommendation that she has, she is able to come to the correct decision, which would be to get vaccinated. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's really, you know, where that goes. And I, I just hope that the damage doesn't seep and permeate too deeply. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, with this backlash, that she's receiving that, you know, we can stop the, the, the bleeding, so to speak, before it just gushes out. Um, because we see time and time again, how quickly this kind of disinformation spreads across the internet. And then it, you know, ends up in mainstream media. And then ultimately folks end up dying. That's it, it ultimately ends in folks, you know, in death. And so I would hope that, you know, her team understands the weight of, you know, the platform that she has. 
especially with her being a verified account on Twitter. Um, I think that, you know, that, that this is a time for her to kind of just regroup and maybe take a step back from social media. Everything doesn't have to be posted. You don't have to let us know everything, you know, let us know when you're releasing music. Let us know when you have some kind of appearance going on or something in the media where it's coordinated, talk to your PR team and then let it go and let it be that. Well, and to the point that you just made, um, a mutual friend that we have on Twitter um, said the other day that, you know, it's kind of like Beyonce doesn't get on social media and talk to us. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, she she posts pictures of what she's wearing on Instagram and then, you know, she she drops um, her music. Yeah out of the blue um yeah. you know shout out to uh wonder king for that that was that was his tweet um also somebody i love um <laughs> now i i can't i can't speak for you um but i know that like i have a not even a quarter uh less than a quarter of the platform that some of these anti-vax celebrities have. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm very, very careful about what I post yeah. because there, there are people who like, you know, look at my tweets and take that kind of stuff to heart and go, Oh, well, that's what he thinks. So that's, you know, that's, that's a good way for me to go with this, you know? So it's, yeah. you know, do you, do you have that like in the back of your head sometimes when you're tweeting, when you go, mm, this is going to say in the drafts? Absolutely. Um, I'm always my biggest, you know, PR uh, barrier, if you will. I will always take a double look. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, funny about, you know, like dragging people nowadays, you know, I just, you know, and, and, and doing things that I feel could cause harm. You know, overall, I feel I have, you know, I only, I really only have 8,000 followers, but, um, you know, I did have a huge platform on another account, you know, previous to this. And what I've learned throughout these, you know, throughout my time on Twitter for the last, you know, decade or so, um, is that, you know, what you tweet in that moment, you know, if it should go viral, you can't control it. You know, and if you are, you know, if if you're trying to harm someone with a tweet and it goes viral, now everyone sees this harm. And, you know, you might think about that later on down the line and you're like, man, why would I have said something like that? You know, why I, I could have did this a different way. I could have went about this completely different. And so I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm always thinking about you know, how I can add to the conversation and not detract from the conversation. Um, you know, I, and I've learned that people are just going to have opinions. I'm also learning, you know, that um, not everything requires a response from me. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just, I, I'm just, I'm to that age now where I'm just like, this is not really necessary. You know, the, the yeah. hatred that, you know, like, this is just not, it's not necessary for me to be in this space right now. Like, I don't have to do this. We don't, we don't have to go here. 
You know, we could we can do something a little more productive here. It doesn't have to be, you know, just complete. It, it doesn't have to be just a complete slaughterhouse of, you know, of folks. And, and I've, I've learned, you know, especially with, you know, with losing so many mutuals during uh, the the uh, the election last year, you know, folks that I really thought were, you know, close to me, you know, I've learned. I've learned to just check myself in a lot of ways you know, to make sure that I'm in the right space. Um, I've learned that sometimes it's really not worth it. It's, it's not worth losing a friendship. It's not worth losing, um, you, know, you know, a connection with someone. We all have bad days, you know, and sometimes it's, it's better for you to look at it as projection. Like this person might just be going through some things. We're all human. If you're happy, and you know you're happy and you know you're in a good space and you did everything that you could to, to be a good person, then you know that you know you didn't do anything to cause this person to react to you this way. And maybe they're having a reaction that is uncharacteristic of them, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, yeah. out of their character, so to speak. Um, you know, and I try to, I, I really do try to give people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that nowadays. I've learned, you know, I've learned a lot throughout my, you know, throughout the years and, you know, I, I'm, I'm truly learning to be more, um, more forgiving, much kinder, you know, I'm learning to be a lot softer as I get older and learning to, sh to lead with more empathy, you know? I am, I am learning not to talk so reckless on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and also for anybody on Twitter, the best piece of advice that I can give you is there is an option not to um, receive notifications from people that you don't follow. Um, that's a fucking blessing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. That is one of the best. Yes, it really you are is. correct, my friend. It is one of the best options that we have on there. Like I have my, the way I have my filter set up, I barely see a lot of bullshit in my, excuse my French. I barely see a lot of BS. Oh, no, you're my, good. You can uh, say bullshit. On. My, <laughs> okay. See, you see, I'm trying to be media friendly <laughs> here, right? I'm trying to make sure that I'm friendly to the F FCC here. I don't want us to get, I don't want us to get any, uh, any points on YouTube. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I just, I barely see a lot of the, the cess. You know what I'm saying? There's no, yeah. there's just no, there's, there's not a lot of slime that comes yeah. on to my account because I keep it that way. I like peace. You know, I'm to an, again, I'm at an age now where I don't have to constantly engage. I don't need that to, you know, to stimulate me anymore, if you will, you know, I'm stimulated yeah. by, you know, other things, you know, like getting into reading and going for a walk and, you know, all of those things. I don't, you know, drama doesn't necessarily stimulate me. It never really has. Yeah. Um, and uh, for a long time, I did a lot of the rhythm and roll because I thought that it would make me more popular. But what I've learned to do is lean into who I am, who I, you know, and, and lean into my, you know, into my personality and just shine in that way. You know, I don't have to be, I don't have to do an act like every popular account. I don't have to disagree or agree with everyone's, you know, thoughts on certain things like it just just not a, it's just not necessary not in my opinion at least <laughs> i agree 
Um, so we're going to jump now. We have a um, letter from one of our listeners. Um, it comes oh. to us from uh, Mr. Bill P. Hello, Bill. Thank you for listening. Um, Bill would like to know what your thoughts on um, the children who get on social media and act like music wasn't made before the year 2001. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Bill, thank you so much for that submission. Um, I think, again, it's all about um, the arrogance of youth, you know? Um, and I do think that, you know, us as adults, we have to look at it as, okay, these kids don't have a lot of access to a lot of the, you know, the, the archives and the history that we once had access to. And I talked about this on uh, on my platform the other day, I said, you know, um, Gen Z is the first generation that where their, where their childhood for like the last, I would say 40 to 50 years. So the last like four generations where their childhood is completely different from everyone else's because of modern technology. You know, these are the first group of kids who, you know, they were born into, you know, digital age they were born into the internet they were born into a time when you know um where they didn't have access to you know like uh diverse diversity in you know in um in media conglomerates you know what i'm saying I'm, you know yeah. these were you know you know you get what i mean here i got you um <laughs> where you know it's like the media they the the, the you know when, when all of the when all of the, the cable networks came together and they all became like five different, you know, like super networks. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we grew up with channels, you know, at least, you know, and then our parents, they grew up with, you know, with channels and, you know, even, even more diversity, you know, in, you know, in what they could access. And whereas, you know, this generation, they don't really have that option. You know, they have a lot of options. You know, they have a lot of access, but there's so much, you know, access and the way that the way that they're finding this information is curated in a way that just kind of repeats what they already know, you know, like the the algorithm of, you know, keeping your favorite things that you like to see you know, constantly coming to you. It's like they live in a vacuum. You know, they're not being exposed to a lot of, uh, you know, different things or, you know, diversity, you know, in learning because, you know, when they get on social media, everything is curated to, you know, to patterns that they already, that they're already in, if, you know, if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, they're already searching these things and they just get more alerts about things that they've already searched. They're not being introduced to anything new. You know, it's not, you know, the algorithm isn't, you know, isn't sending them, you know, new things to check out every day. You know, it's literally repeating the, the, the cycles that they already, that they already know. And so it stunts them because they don't get an opportunity to be exposed to anything new, you know, at least for the more majority. So where we come in as folks who have been exposed, you know, to, to different media, because that's the way that we were raised, you know, you couldn't just go to YouTube and find, you know, your favorite videos, 
you know, you had to, you know, sit down and watch MTV. You had to watch all the videos and wait for your favorite video or wait for your favorite, uh, you know, album to come out, you know, and before, you know, before that, they didn't have skips, you know, the CD yep. player, before the CD player came out, you had to go through, you had to listen to the entire, you know, you had to listen to the entire cassette, you know, you couldn't just record your favorite song. You had to, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't. You, you, you had couldn't to hold the boombox up to the radio. Right. And hope that the radio DJ quit talking long enough for you to get the whole song. Thank you. See, so you know they have a. They've grown up in in a different. You know, just in different environment. You know, of education than anyone in a previous generation has. You know, they they are the they are the children of the iPod in which, you know, you just click a button and there you go. You can repeat a song. You know, they don't get an opportunity to have it just automatically, you know, shuffle through. You know, they can turn the shuffle off if they want. You know, we couldn't necessarily do that. <laughs> we yeah. had to play CDs through and through. We had to play cassettes through and through. And, you know, and before that, it was a 45. It was the, you know, it's the, the, the record. You know what I'm saying? So overall, it's up to us to recognize that, you know, that, that deficiency there. And for us to fill in the gaps. And I think that a lot of us as adults, because we're really, we are completely, even millennials are, you know, just completely, we, we just don't understand it because our childhood, our childhoods mirrored that of our parents' childhood and so on and so forth in many ways. You know, there wasn't so much, there wasn't much change or difference between, you know, our parents, their parents and us. Whereas Gen Z and Alpha Gen, they don't, they, they are, they're in a completely new environment, you know what I'm saying, of the world, of technology. And, you know, even though we're in it, a lot of us were adults, you know, dealing with this technology. And we knew, you know, we already had a foundation before modern technology came into, you know, the conversation. You know, a lot of us, you know, we weren't using electric pencil sharpeners. We were using the crank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But by the time an electric pencil sharpener came around, we all switched over and we, but we still knew how to use a crank. These kids don't even know what a crank is. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like we, we, we almost have an advantage over them because of that. And so we need to be, you know, responsible and understand that and, you know, be empathetic to that and try to get them up to speed. I think they're, you know, they are discovering a lot of new music, a lot of stuff is, you know, cycling through. We've got the early 2000s that are a big, you know, that are a big thing right now. You know, we've got, you know, Black voices coming back, Black sounds coming back. Um, you know, I think that these kids are innovating and they're going to do something different. But I think that they would be open to learning about the history in which they come from. So I think there's an opportunity there for sure. Right <laughs> All right, so we have come to the point in the show where I play a little game with all my guests. Um, okay. I have in front of me 15 random questions from the internet. Some of them I found. Some of them were sent to me by uh, friends on social media and listeners of the show. Are you down to play? I am. Let's get it. <laughs> all right. What website, not app, do you frequent the most? Oh, what website do I frequent the most? Right now, it probably it would probably be Lipstick Alley. Yeah. Okay. I am a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of the mess. 
of the underground mess. I am a fan of, you know, these, these stories potentially being, you know, being real and, and finding out things that, you know, might not be privy to the public. I'm, I'm all for the gossip. Um, for sure. Sweet tea or lemonade? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know what? I'm going to have to go with lemonade. Okay. Because I love lemonade. That's just a personal thing. I love them both, but lemonade, it's, it's just something about lemonade for me. Okay. And I can't put my finger on it, but <laughs> you're going to make me go buy some country time and I'm going to make some because it's just amazing. I love it. Um, who was your favorite Spice Girl? Oh man. So I went through phases. I went through phases. I loved, I loved Mel B, obviously, Scary Spice. And then I loved Mel C, Sporty Spice. I just, I just loved her tattoo. It was just amazing. And then I loved Emma. So okay. those are my top, my gals. And then, um, of course, Jerry, you know, down the line. But she never really resonated. It was like her, it was her body suits. I, was, I wasn't really like a super fan of the way she she used to dress. Mel B was just like awesome. She used to dress the way that I wanted to dress growing up. And I was like a super tomboy. I thought that, you know, Jerry was just a little too like sexy for me. Um, okay. but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are definitely, I would definitely say Mel B uh, for sure. It's probably my top. Okay. Um, what is the most terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on a streaming service? Oh my gosh. All the way through? All the way through. Service? Like the most like terrible, like morally terrible or like just terrible in general? Just like you got to the end of it and you were like, I can't believe I watched that. Yeah, it would definitely be Tiger King for sure. Oh my God, you were the first person to say Tiger King. <laughs> I wrote that question specifically thinking that everybody who came on the show would say Tiger King. And you were the first person in 12 episodes. Oh my God, dude, because let me tell you, <laughs> that was just like watching a train wreck over and over again. It was just, I got stuck into it and I was just like, oh no, this is great. Like if they come out with another one, I'm definitely, I'm down, I'm a fan, but right. it's terrible. It's just, it's just like, it's just vegetative, just nonsense. I just love it. I love it. I'm all here for it. But yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was, yeah. Tiger King is definitely bad, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, pancakes or waffles? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to go with waffles. Okay. Waffles, a good crispy waffle. Man, you know, and I live in the South now, so I'm always I was going to say, as, as a resident of Atlanta, if you didn't say waffles, they were probably going to run you out of town. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. But, you know, because of COVID... It's, uh, you know, my waffles haven't been as crispy because I can't get them in, you know, in person anymore. You know, I can't yeah. sit there. You got to, you got to eat them fresh at the Waffle House. Like you got to get them on the plate as soon as they come off of the, the thing. Otherwise they become spongy. Yeah. And that sucks because I've had some really spongy waffles, but they are still amazing at three o'clock in the morning when I am slurry off of a bottle. <laughs> of Yes, this is, this is not an endorsement of Casamigos because I do not get paid, but I am definitely a fan of the fanfare that comes with uh, drinking Casamigos. So shout out to them. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a, you know, a collab somewhere down the line for me. Right. In the works. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, Renaissance fair or sci-fi convention? Oh, sci-fi. Absolutely okay. sci-fi for me. Although my mother would love a Renaissance fair. She's a Renaissance gal. But, but for me, it definitely would be sci-fi. Um, do you have an unusual celebrity crush? Like somebody who, when you bring it up, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. And if I were... If I reveal him, they are all going to judge me. So you know what? For the sake of this show, we're going to keep it spicy. But yes, my uh, my unreal celebrity crush. And it's going to make you gasp too. But it, 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 it this has been it's been a thing since I was a little kid. It's absolutely Dennis Rodman, and I don't know why. I I don't understand it. I've never understood it, but it's something <laughs> about him that is so attractive to me, and I cannot get. I think it's because I have a thing for NBA. Like like this is a constant theme. It's been a theme since I was a child, you know, and of course he played for, you know, Chicago and he was all crazy. And he, just like, he was tall, he was sexy. And it was just like, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, Dennis Rodman, like, call me, dude. Like, hey, what's up, man? Like, nobody has to know, you know, I will I will definitely not, we don't have to post it on Twitter. My mom doesn't have to find <laughs> out, but yeah, like Dennis Rodman hit my line. I'd be like, yeah, what's up, what's up man? Let's go for some drinks. You know, I just want to be in his face. He's great. I love it. <laughs> um bra always on or only when you have to oh definitely only when I have to because I have very small boobs <laughs> like I don't have to like I don't I like they're I got like like little bitty like I'm like a c30 30 or 32 or some shit like yeah dude it's no I don't I don't wear they're, they're this is free the nipple I'm all for it again I have a I have an unusual crush on Dennis Rodman of course I don't wear a bra <laughs> unless I need to like obviously <laughs> um sweater or hoodie oh gosh I'm gonna have to go with hoodie because it's always raining and I always have to protect my hair okay yeah um, if you could have an entire movie theater to yourself what would be the perfect movie that you would like to watch oh man um See, the thing about it is, is that I'm like one of those Black people that I like to be involved with the crowd. So like when people are talking in the theater, I'm like talking with them. Like, you know, like we're all in the theater and we're all having the same reaction and we're gasping and clapping. Like I'm one of those Black people that I clap at the end of the movie. <laughs> you know, if you've ever been in a movie theater with a bunch of Black people and it's a good movie, we're all going to clap at the same time. It's, I promise you it's going to happen every time. It, it literally, Black Panther was was just, it was amazing. We all... Every I went to see Black Panther like five times, and after every movie, we all clapped. It was awesome. Um, I guess I would have to do straight out of Compton because I watched that movie. I I went to the theater and I saw that movie five times in the theater, just like Black Panther. Like I wanted to have like a straight out of Compton themed like going away party because I had like planned to move to LA and like it was just gonna be all it was great. I was like I wanted everybody to, like dress up as like Easy E and I wanted like a big old Easy E cardboard. It was yeah I had really I had a I had a moment in 2015. That was that was definitely a moment. Love that film and shout out to O'Shea Jackson Jr. He's a he's a great guy. Do you wash your legs in the shower? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I scrub. I scrub my feet, my legs, everything, my face, my hair. I scrub and then I use lotion. That's my secret, ladies. Like for those of you who 
are you know not fans of lotion please please put on lotion it'll it'll preserve you i promise that's how i keep my my youthful glow so to speak i feel that <laughs> um pool or ocean oh man you know i'm gonna have to probably as an adult i'm gonna have to go with the ocean now because pools are just really gross like they're just like habitually gross and then like i mean the lotion i mean the lotion the ocean <laughs> the <laughs> lotion is on my mind here and, and hygiene yeah you know you gotta get you gotta get good hygiene for me but the ocean the ocean has its own you know level of, of dirt but i went to venice beach and if you've ever visited venice beach or anyone out there listening you will know that Venice Beach is an experience, if you will. But when I got to the shore and I got into the water and I got away from, you know, the boardwalk and, you know, all of the colorful things that were happening over there, that was some of the, like, purest water that I've ever felt on my body. Like, it just felt so warm and so soft. And I just was, I was like, I want to get into this water even further. Like when I go back to LA, I'm probably going to be on the beach somewhere because I don't really care about what's going on outside on the boardwalk. I can, you know, I can navigate away from all of, of the activity over there, but I can definitely say I am a fan of the Pacific Ocean um, as well as the Atlantic. Um, the first time I ever got a chance to actually experience the Atlantic was at Coney Island. <laughs> I actually, um, <laughs> I was like, oh, New York has a beach. We're going to do this. This is awesome. And so I decided to take my freaking shoes off at Coney Island. And I decided mm. to dip my feet into the Atlantic Ocean. And I still have a foot to this day. So I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful. I, I got spared there. But uh, but yeah, so, so definitely a fan of the ocean for sure. <laughs> Um, if they were making a biopic about your life, who would play you? Oh, that's a good one. It would have to be Regina. Is it Regina Hall? Regina Hall. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Regina Hall is like really just, I just love her. She's a Sagittarius sun and I'm a Sagittarius moon. And I just, we just relate in so many ways. Like, I just love her. She's just phenomenal and has been, she's a, she's a comedic genius for one. She has perfect comedic timing. And that is something that I've strived for since I was a kid and I'm getting better as I get older. Um, and, and yeah, she's, she's great. I love her. She's gorgeous at 50 years old. And I just, I am like, not to, not that you can't be gorgeous at 50, but she is just someone that I resonate with and I just love it. And that and I love the fact that she's still doing it at that age when, you know, this industry isn't very friendly to women who are of a certain age. So right. shout out to her. Kudos to her. Uh, you know, Miss Regina Hall, if you ever listen to this, just know you have a fan here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, nude beach or not a chance? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd ever do a new beach at this point in my life. I mean, I'm open to some experiences, um, but I have heard some things from some friends who have said that they have visited nude beaches and that have 
you know, if it were like all women, maybe, or, you know, female presenting people, maybe. Um, but there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, things that I'm not necessarily a fan of a lot of, you know, things that I don't yeah. necessarily need to see from people. So yeah, I, I'm okay with that. All right. Last one. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh man. The best piece of advice that I've ever gotten is if you can see it, if you believe it, then it shall come true. And that was a line that was passed down to me from my grandfather, Big Chuck, God rest his soul. And, you know, he talked a lot. He was a very spiritual man. He talked a lot about manifesting and, and, and visualizing, you know, what you want and going for it, you know, and sticking to that vision. And, and that, is, that is a mantra that I live by every day that I have proven to myself time and time again, you know, to be true. And, and yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's just something that, you know, I cherish from him. I cherish the, you know, the lesson that he taught me. So, so yeah, if you can see it and you believe it, then it shall come true. Right on. Yeah. All right. So tell everybody um, listening uh, where they can check out South Isle Amina Fit, um, where they can potentially hear your music, drop your socials, give them, give me everything. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, thank you guys for tuning in tonight and, and rocking with me. Um, you guys can catch me at um, underscore underscore at the Sydney A on Twitter. So at underscore underscore the Sydney A, T-H-E-S-Y-D-N-E-Y capital A on Twitter. Um, you may also catch me on Instagram as well as, you know, all of the, uh, the South Isle media right now um, on my Instagram and that is at the Sydney A live on Instagram. I am also on TikTok. So you guys can follow me on TikTok. I'll be doing some gems on there uh, for South Isle Media and that is under the Sydney A, just that alone. Um, and yeah, we will be releasing the music on streaming services come 2022. I do have some, some records on, um, on um soundcloud right now if you guys are interested in that link you guys can hit me up for it um it's a, it's a little it's a little convoluted so it would be really difficult to spell it out here but if you guys are interested in that i definitely will send it i'm trying to figure out a way to get that record onto streaming services right now but we will we will definitely be putting all of the new music onto streaming services as soon as possible um and yeah you guys will be able to catch me on youtube starting october 31st all right um do you want to plug your mom's uh, jewelry service? Because I'm afraid that Absolutely. she, I'm afraid that she's gonna, you know, whoop my behind because I didn't bring it up. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, no, she's totally fine. Uh, she she loves you, she adores you. Uh, but yeah, if you guys would like, uh, my mother is a black metalsmith. She's a black woman metalsmith, and she creates metal jewelry from hand, um, literally by hand. She she welds it. She you know she pours the metal. She does all of this stuff. And I'm trying to convince the woman to get her process on YouTube so everybody could see how she does her thing because it's really, really awesome. And she she knows she she tells me about it all the time. And I just I it doesn't it doesn't stick with me because I just don't, you know, I don't know anything about anything that she's doing, but it makes her very happy. And so I support it and I definitely 
definitely would love for you guys to check her out. She is on Twitter at Silversmith Mama. That is Silversmith Mama, M A M A. Um, and uh, she will have a website. She, I believe, is on Etsy. Uh, but if you guys would just like to hit her on Twitter, um, she will definitely give you guys the links to that. I do apologize. I'm so unprofessional. Um, but it also, it, it's also her. I've been trying to figure out what platform she's going to use because she doesn't want to launch everything yet. So please send her good vibes and let her know that you guys love her regardless because she definitely is a perfectionist and she has not launched because she is nervous about the launch. So please send her as much love as possible. Uh, Twitter, again, Silversmith Mama. She's also on um, She's also on TikTok, Silversmith Mama, as well as Instagram, Silversmith Mama. Um, and so you guys should uh, have access to that. Um, and I do believe that her jewelry is on Instagram. And uh, and yeah, she's uh, she's she's amazing. She is amazing. Her. She's absolutely she's probably amazing. napping right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably I called her earlier. and She was like, like knee deep in a nap. And I was just like, no, you have to get up because I sent her a TikTok and I wanted I needed her to laugh with me. She didn't find it as funny as I did, but it's OK. <laughs> probably because she was half asleep. So I'm, I'm that annoying. I'm, I'm always going to annoy my mother. I'm that child. So she'll be OK. She loves me. <laughs> All right. Well, that is all the time that we have. Um, but I want to say thank you so much um, for yes! being with us today. Um, thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. I can't wait to come again. Yeah, I was going to um, say. Yeah, please um, feel. Yeah. Any anytime that you've got a project that you want to plug and put out there, give me a shout because I will I will make an episode for you. Yeah, man, we can definitely do that. I'm more than uh, happy to, you know, to make you a part of that media round, you know, the media list. Um, so you'll have, you know, exclusive access and we'll give, you know, we'll give out some merch to your to your listeners and we'll do some freebies and stuff. I'm, I'm all for wow. that. I love it. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'll add you to the list of, you know, of media appearances and, you know, and vice versa. You know, when we get, you know, South Isle up, you know, we could definitely you know, collab and, you know, I'm looking forward to the future. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.